This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Manage Smarter. And I think, Lee, as you know, we're in unprecedented, sort of historical, uncharted territory as a nation and as a business and leadership community. Really as the world. I mean, this has really been, yes. uh, we're talking about the coronavirus crisis that uh, that has taken over the world and hit, hit some uh, of our viewers or I mean, our listenership a little harder than others. Uh, but really what we wanted to talk about on Manage Smarter today was how managers can help uh, their direct reports deal with the anxiety that comes with the uncertainty and all you know, the, the potential fear uh, that, that comes along with a crisis of, of this nature and, uh, and really how to, to you know, help their people through it, but also help themselves through it. And so I thought, well, who's the smartest, friendliest psychologist I know who would be able to help us on that? And we found her. <laughs> That's right. It's Christy Knights. Hi, Christy. Welcome to Manage Smarter. And everyone, I'm Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel, and our CEO, Celie Smith, is with us as well. So, Christy, uh, in case you haven't met her and had the pleasure to meet her, and we have several times, licensed professional counselor, been in private practice for two decades, an expert in trauma and suicidology. Christy is the best-selling author of Unsung Heroes, Deconstructing Suicide Through Stories of Triumph. Also the founder of iRise Leadership, which is a 501c3 nonprofit with a mission to eradicate suicide. She offers training, education, and resources in suicide awareness and prevention to leaders, the community, organizations, schools, churches, and the corporate world, and now the world in general. <laughs> so any initial thoughts, Christy, about where we're at um, with what's going on? Well, thank you very much for having me on uh, the, your podcast. Again, it is always a pleasure to be in your space. And gosh, what a time um, that we are seeing in our, our country globally. And um, it's just been overwhelming um, for many of us. And how to, to manage not only what do we do with our companies, but what do we do right at the heart of our homes? And how do we to close up shop, right? Um, close up shop and, and go home and, and just sit and wait. So it's, it's been, I think, particularly difficult on, on everyone. Yeah, this is a really important time for leadership, I believe. You know, this is an opportunity for all of us to show that we care about our employees, that we, we, we should express empathy, not only you know, for their well-being, their health, but also their, their family's health. And, you know, maybe it's a time to be a little bit more lenient. Uh, and certainly it's always a, a good time to be understanding, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. And this is really a time for leaders who do very well with boots on the ground, high crisis mentality to, to really shine. And for those who struggle to really listen up and lean on those types of leaders within their organization who do well with that type of, of mentality. Before yes. we move on to the next question, I want to give our listeners a footnote. Uh, we are recording this in Zoom with the increased use of Zoom and everybody, more people on internet. We will get some dropouts in audio from time to time. One just happened, Christy, while you were giving that last answer, but I want to let this go as it is 
there's more people on these remote type of platforms than ever before, but we'll keep going yeah. on with the show. But we'll I, I, I through. That's it's right. not, yeah, it's not unnoticed by us that we're having some audio dropouts audience. So thank you for your patience. Okay, go ahead, Lee. Next I, I was going to say, so anxiety is something that, that, that a lot of people are having, and it's really okay to acknowledge then that they're not alone, you know, and, and having concerns, even fears and everything like that. And, and, and I think that leadership at a point, uh, a time like this can actually be very comforting. And I think that um, if, 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 is there anything that we can do or any tips that you can give us then on uh, you know, and help people deal with the anxiety and the fears of, of the crisis at hand? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first that communication that we can talk about this, that we're not going setting those boundaries, that it is okay to have boundaries around how you feel about the coronavirus and contact with coronavirus and others, you know, such as giving them the language. Even if, like, for example, um, saying something like teaching them, it's okay, I don't want to talk about it right now, or suggestions, but I just need some space to experience my own emotions, right? Um, or if you're, um, or I appreciate the information, but I don't want to receive links on articles and all this media coverage. So giving them permission to set their own boundaries about what they're hearing, seeing, um, not wanting to shake hands, right? In business, we shake hands all the time, all day long, as a sign of respect, greeting one another. Instead, establishing a boundary of we're not going to shake hands any longer until this settles. Instead, we're just going to respectfully nod our head. We're going to respectfully just bump elbows, whatever you're comfortable with, and your leader giving permission for that, opening up that communication. I think it's also a good time then too to, to, to uh, give permission for people to have negative emotions. Yeah. You know, everyone doesn't have to be happy all the time. It's not a time where everybody has to be, you know, super happy all the time. It's okay to have negative emotions. And sometimes, you know, there'll be some tenseness and uh, that's a little unusual. And maybe it's a time for us, rather than addressing it, maybe, I don't know, would you, is, is it now a good time maybe just maybe to let it go? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that would definitely be part of the conversation with communication is let's talk about what is this bringing up? You know, this can be very traumatic and it will be. So let's sit down and say, it's okay to have the anxiety about it. And this is where you can seek support for it. We're going to provide you resources for this. And it's okay to be angry and frustrated and scared about this. And like you said, some leniency. What does it look like to work from home? You know, what packages are we offering in terms of being paid while working from home? You know, so much is unknown in the media. If businesses can come together and say, we want you to know as much as possible in terms of security of your job and what's happening here, that'll bring peace to what financially is going to happen for them, which will lower that anxiety and give them that security 
at least in that one area. Be a good time to call in all hands and remind everybody how to access any EAP program that you're offering and those type of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, beyond that, here's your EAP, but what are those additional community resources that you may need, you know, including food banks, et cetera, that go beyond? And also if your company is doing well financially and you're, and, you're, and you're well set then to be able to weather a storm for several months or something like that, share that, you know, because I believe that will definitely help people feel like, okay, you know, this is not something where I have to worry about my job, as you just said, Christy. Uh, I think that's a very good point. And I think it's, it's something that I'm, I'm going to take back to my company. Yes, Absolutely. One of the things, Lee, you asked about was resiliency. And so I don't know that you can force resiliency onto somebody at a higher level or, you know, I mean, that just seems like a very touchy area as well within the workplace. Um, Any advice on that? In terms of resiliency, you know, I think like, like you're saying, you can't force it, but I think that you can build a foundation in terms of these are the habits that we want to put into place so that we can have a strong foundation and continue to support you. And we want you to know that we are resilient as a company and that we will bounce back from this. And this is how we can support you long term and that we're your touchstone to come back to, so that they feel safe and secure. It might be a good idea then too, to try to try to preserve as many routines as you possibly can. Like for example, in our company, we have this thing called the family lunch where we all get together, you know, one day of the month, the company brings in lunch or whatever, and we sit around a table. There are no devices or anything like that. So we have to talk to each other. We have a rule about sitting with the same people you always sit with. So we, we try to mix it up. And that's not something we can do in, in, in the current situation. So, uh, but one of the things what we can do is try to preserve that routine, perhaps by taking that online. And so we're all having lunch together, you know, remotely on a Zoom meeting or something like that at the same time. Because I think that if we can maintain as many routines as possible, when so many other things are an up, upheaval, we're not allowed to work in the office anymore. We can't go to restaurants after a certain time. So uh, we can't go to sporting events, for example, that, you know, so many things have uh, you know, changed, you know, during this situation that, you know, we try to, we got to cling to whatever normalcy we can. Yeah, I think that brings up a really good point. You know, those who are now working remotely, which I would imagine is a lot of us, you know, I as a a psychotherapist, um, I'm still going into the office at this time, you know, I'm still considered an essential um, business, but many therapists are choosing telehealth and it's based on the client. But those who are at home beginning to reframe, I'm stuck inside, right? We want you to reframe that instead of this looming feeling like you're stuck, focusing on, I can finally focus on my home, myself, my family. Instead of being locked in there, looking at, stay close to your normal routine. Like you said, you know, as close as you can, be careful not to avoid like obsessing over endless virus coverage, right? You want to slow down looking at all that coverage all the time. And I think self-care is really important. Maybe now more than ever, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
running, you know, bicycling, uh, hanging out with your, you know, FaceTiming your friends. If you can't get together, you know, if you have more than 10 friends at a time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just stuff like that. Yes, I think we're going to see that FaceTiming friends and group chats just explode. You know, my even my parents are 15 minutes from me. However, they drove over and they looked at us through the glass door. Uh-huh. And we took pictures because, you know, it's something unprecedented, right? But they wanted to be able to see us and they were feeling lonely. And my mother was feeling a little depression around it and feeling anxious. And I said, okay, we'll come over, but we don't want to expose one another to anything, right? They're older. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we did. And it was enough to satisfy her. And so this is something, again, whether it's FaceTime or, again, through the glass. I saw this being done at nursing homes mm-hmm. where, you know, people were driving up to the window of their loved one and just looking in and waving. <laughs> um, but being able to connect is going to be really important. Keep that connection going so that we do not see that rise in suicide. What's the um, line of demarcation between knowing that you're having anxiety and that you're, or you're in a full-blown depression? What is the difference between those two things? Mm. So anxiety are the you know, symptoms of the racing heart, the um, obsessive thoughts, etc., that many people have the heaviness in the chest, right? That'll move to a panic attack. Um, And oftentimes you do hear that anxiety and depression go hand in hand, but not always. There are people who experience just anxiety or just depression. Um, So depression can look different for each person. Depression can look like irritability, um, or it can look like sadness, not getting out of bed for hours, days at a time, Um, or it can look manic, right? When we talk about bipolar disorder, um, it can look like not showering, um, or it can look like not eating or overeating. But one of the areas where you really begin to get truly concerned whenever there's suicidal thoughts. And when we begin to experience those suicidal thoughts, we want to be sure that we're reaching out to other people that we're telling someone. And if that person doesn't take you seriously, that you tell someone else. And we do have support lines for that as well, um, if that person doesn't listen, but not being afraid to tell multiple people. Christy, are you still doing your Facebook sessions? You know, I haven't done them for a while. Um, I was doing them on a regular basis, but then I took a break from doing them because I'm really working on uh, training leaders in suicide prevention. Fantastic. I think you'll start them up again anytime soon. I remember I had notifications on for that and they were quite frequent and I liked watching them, you know, getting some of your advice. Thank you. Thank you. They all are stored on YouTube. So if anybody would like to go back and see them, if they search my name, um, under YouTube, they are there. I was working on some work-life balance, so mm-hmm. that's why I discontinued them. Well, and that's something else too we have to think about as well. As we're sending more people home to work from home and no longer in the office, mm-hmm. does work-life balance become more of a challenge? Absolutely. Absolutely. What can we do to help? I think part of that is being able to really have a start and stop to your workday. 
you know, and being able to set aside that place where you are going to work if it's possible. Some people won't be able to, you know, but having that particular space where you'll actually leave that space and join your family, you know, and setting your work hours and for leaders to also demonstrate that for them, being able to enforce that and say, look, you're working at home, but it doesn't mean you're working past your normal work day, that your family needs you to, and setting that up and modeling that, encouraging them to start a new quarantine ritual such as when your workday ends, take a walk with your family, right? Or help make a meal. You may not have participated that in the past because you were home late. Mm-hmm. Those, are good. Those are good ideas. Stuck on the interstate in traffic. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I always leave those as, as long as he's known me. And uh, I work from my home office, but I always treat it like a real office. I get up and I shower as if I were going to an actual office and it's I you know what I mean I just treat it the same way because it gives me structure and my game face is on and my work face is on because I if you're sitting here in your pajamas it's just doesn't feel the same right right, at all yes very good I don't even know that I have pajamas that I would wear (laughs) (laughs) anyway <laughs> yeah, and and just for everybody, then we are doing this podcast fully clothed, right, Audrey? Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. yes. <laughs> yes. we absolutely are. I, I loved your point though about limiting the media coverage because uh, that can be very, uh, you know, heightening, emotionally heightening, and uh, I think that goes for social media too because it's like a, everyone's got got to try to make their points. It's like, and everyone, it's up it, in the United States, it's election year, so you got people trying to score political points you know, during, during this time, it's like, it, it, it's that, that by itself is bad enough when you add this on top of it. Um, a, any thoughts on limiting social media as well as uh, you know, regular news coverage? Absolutely. You get sucked into constantly scrolling and scrolling, looking for more information and feeding into arguments and the anxiety wells and builds and you're obsessed with it. Um, and, and it just becomes just consuming with people. I've had multiple calls and text messages from clients panicked because what they have seen on Instagram or Facebook. And I've asked them, please quarantine yourself just for 30 days. Let's start there or just two weeks from social media. And if you're going to choose to read anything, please just stick with the CDC. That's all. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And ask yourself the question, how do I know this to be true? Exactly. Let me ask you this. So we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day, just for the record. But if we are literally still in our own, what, do we, what if 60 days they want us to stay in our houses? What are some other techniques to not climbing the walls? I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know. We could very well be 60 days from now in the same scenario. How do, you, how do we cope long term with not getting out and going anywhere or doing anything other than taking a walk or walking the dog or whatever? Mm-hmm. within the guidelines that are to come, which may be even something as crazy as like, don't go outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I really think it's going to be about planning um, and planning ahead. One of the things that I did yesterday, having my daughter home from college, right? Because she's on online, my son home, he's a senior now. 
from school is I sat down and made a list. What are all of the things that we can do that are safe to do? So let's plan ahead each day with a structured activity. Um, what can we make a meal that's creative that we can include one another? Um, what can we do outside? These are our indoor safe activities. These are our outdoor safe activities. Um, where I think the pressure is going to happen that I'll be honest, concerns me the most as a suicidologist is we shut down restaurants, bars, and we shut down businesses. So now we're looking at the potential of financial loss. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about detoxing all of the people of addiction. Now, somebody, you know, a couple people have said to me, well, there are lots of places that have alcohol, like grocery stores. And, and that's, I'm not saying that that's not possible and people can get that, but what about the financial ruin that could potentially happen? Mm-hmm. Now, not to obviously panic anybody, that's not my goal, but I believe that's where we're going to start to see some true concern. So I'm going to encourage as part of your potential 60 day out, whatever this could look like, like, like Celie said, we must, must build into all of this self-care. It has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I may be biased, but telehealth is available to you. Mm-hmm. That must be built in the healthy eating the healthy self-care, the telehealth that is available to maintain your sanity as going through this. And if you can take care of yourself, that leaves other people to take care of the people that are, that are really in need right now. Absolutely. And they are listing on a regular basis. They are listing support services out there. And we are circulating that as fast as we can to everybody. You know, whether that's community that's providing lunches and meals and ways to pay for your utilities and et cetera for those who truly need it. So we as social support, you know, and support services, we're trying to help disseminate that information to support you. And I think it's really important then too that people think about this is like, you know, everyone's heard the expression, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And if the virus doesn't kill you, it's like we will emerge through this stronger through some of the things you talked about. It's like, you know, we'll reconnect with our families again. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll you know be a little less addicted to you know to hopefully to, to to stuff online and maybe we'll play a board game together or we'll, you know we'll go out for walks and you know maybe we'll spend a little less time at the bar drinking and you know I mean it's like and mm-hmm. we'll also the thing is like we got through nine eleven we got through the Great Recession and in some some places where people are listening to this show they've they've been through wars and things like that and we've gotten through that and you know we've become stronger mentally psychologically from the experience. Yeah. So I, I think that there's, there, there's something positive to look at the end of this. Absolutely. You know, we are amazingly resilient as human beings. We have come out the other side so much stronger many times. And there is, this is no different. We will see people come together unlike before. And I have no doubt that that will happen again. We see people reaching out all the time. So I agree 100% with you. Um, this will definitely make us stronger. And we, were, we are going to be absolutely okay. All great tips. All great tips. So, you know, the tele, telehealth and start thinking about your worst case scenario now and then figuring out what, how you can counteract 
what may come and you know limit your social and your news Audrey, consumption. I'll, I'll caution you on that one though. It's like yeah, you, you plan for the future, but live today. Yes. We have to get through today, then we have to get through mm-hmm. tomorrow, and you know, and that's the best way to handle it, I think. What do you think, Christy? Yeah, absolutely. And people with a daily plan feel less anxious. Yeah. yeah. Right? One day at a time with a plan. Well, Christy, I'm so glad you were able to hop on to help out everybody in the audience. And uh, it's christynights.com, everyone, if you want to reach out individually to Christy. And your last name is spelled with a K-N-I-G-H. T-S and iriseleadership.com. And, or if you just want to tweet her, it's Christy Knights with a capital K at the end. Christy Knights K. So. And, and Christy, Christy Thank with a capital so K. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.